Welcome to the Going Somewhere podcast, a podcast for anyone who finds themselves in the ambiguous adventure of young adulthood, a season marked by uncertainty, change, love, heartbreak, and a whole lot of big decisions. Sit down with me for some real and raw conversations with some incredible people as we dig into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in this beautiful yet complicated season of life. If this podcast helps you in any way, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with friends. Be sure to join the conversation on Instagram by following goingsomewhere.podcast. We're all going somewhere. We might as well go there together. Let's dive into today's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Going Somewhere podcast. Today, I am joined by Lori Polich Short. Uh, and a little bit about Lori before we introduce her. Lori is a popular speaker, author, part of a teaching team at the Oceans Hill Covenant Church in Santa Barbara, California. A little jealous. Uh, she's a graduate of Fuller Theological Seminary. She's spoken for more than a half million people at conferences, churches, colleges, denominational events around the country, and has been featured on PBS, Focus on the Family, Right Now Media, and more. Welcome to the podcast, Lori. How are you doing? I'm good, Stephen. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. I am looking forward to this conversation. And uh, before we jump into it, can you just tell us a little bit more? You know, you heard your bio, what parts were left out, where are you at? You know, tell us about your family. Yes. Well, um, my family, which you'll hear more about if I share my story, came about later in life. So I have a husband and a stepson who's now 19. He's uh, almost leaving in a couple of months to join the Marine Corps, actually. So um, we're in a season of transition, but um, I've been a stepmom for 13 years and had the joy of raising him. And so got married later in life, which I'll talk about, I think, later, um, because I know that that's a hot topic probably for some of the people that might be listening in. And certainly I can relate to anybody who is waiting a little longer than they'd like or just you know, God's not doing things on their timeline. Um, but, uh, that's sort of me. I've worked at four different churches over my life, but always spent a lot of time speaking, um, formerly in youth conferences, then colleges. I love college students. And now I just got back from a, a big women's conference that I did with Nicole Mullen actually. So that was great in Minneapolis where there's a little bit more snow than there is here. But, and I know there's a little less snow here than, than you right now too, but, um, but we are getting it, which is very fun. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. You, you, you said you spoke in like youth conferences and stuff. What kind of got you into that? Or like what happened maybe early in your life or in your teenage years that kind of led you down that path? Well, it's interesting. I went to UCLA uh, because I wanted to become an actress. I was a theater arts major. And I always like to say to people, you can see how well that's going. (laughs) We have our plans of what we think God's going to do. And I had just become a Christian and um, went off to college and slowly but surely I was really doing youth ministry on the side, volunteering, had uh, always had a small group of kids. Then I actually became an intern. Then I was a full-time intern. And then I thought, well, gosh, it'd be great to go to seminary and just learn more about the Bible. But 
I never had a plan for going into the ministry. I always say God kind of took me there without me knowing it. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, I had my first full-time youth pastor job in North uh, Northern California. But when I went up there, it was just to be an interim. So I was thinking, oh yeah, six months at most, and then I'll do something else. I was always going to do something else. And I got there and it was just an incredible fit. And during that time, I got hooked up with an organization called Youth Specialties. So I started speaking with them. I was the only woman on the team for a while. And then they had a couple of more, but that was that was where I really cut my teeth speaking. And I always say, if you want to learn how to speak, speak to teenagers because they they are not a gracious audience. They will let you know how you're doing by their reaction. And so I think it was actually really good for me because it definitely honed my skills. Plus being on a team with all men, um, I speak to both men and women, guys and girls, and uh, I'm very comfortable with that. And so I, you know, that's kind of how it started for me. And then I started writing books in youth ministry um, but then when my life fell apart uh, later on, I just felt like God was moving me into a different direction in my writing. And and I just started writing more Christian life books, books about faith, about where God is when you can't see where he is and the seasons of waiting a lot longer than you want to and all the things we all experience. But I felt like finally I had really been through something that was pretty devastating and felt like I could write from that. And, uh, and so that's what I've been doing. Wow. That's incredible. I know when you, when you speak of, you know, teenagers and how they will let you know, I, I was a college pastor for six years. And so that was, you know, college students are pretty engaged and they're there because they want to be there. And then I was yeah. asked to speak at a youth camp. And I just remember <laughs> like, it felt like I came in with all this excitement and like, oh, I'm the camp speaker. And I, I could, they were sleeping and they were talking to their friends. I was like, oh, this is humbling for sure. Very, very humbling, but it definitely gets you better because you start thinking of stories and what can I do? And now it's a challenge for me, you know, which I love. Right. Yeah. It's all about, you know, making that connection with people yes. and teenagers are the farther you get away from that part of your life, the harder it probably is to, <laughs> to connect yeah. with them. But, um, you've, you mentioned it, but you've written several books and the most yeah. recent being faith doubt and God's mysterious timing, which I think from the standpoint of a book title, I don't know if I've been drawn in more, uh, just because, you know, those, those three things, faith, doubt, and God's mysterious timing are things, especially for young adults, that that sounds like where I'm at. That sounds like kind of the name of the game when it comes to how I feel. There's there's this faith that's inside me. There's this doubt that seems to overpower it. And what's God doing right now? So what inspired you to write that book? Well, exactly what you're saying. I think that what causes people to doubt their faith is God's timing, because it feels like he's not listening. He's not doing what I want him to do. I've been waiting so long. Where is he in my pain? You know, this is going on. I'm beginning to doubt that he even exists because he's not responding the way I want him to, or in the way that I can see. And I think I finally lived long enough to be able to look back and realize that God's timing is so different from ours and mm. he knows what's next because he exists outside of time. So he sees everything all at once, 
but we exist on this timeline and we just feel like it's never going to happen. And what happened to me was I started writing books about the parts of scripture that we don't always see. I started with 40 verses to ignite your faith, which sounds like it's a book of promise verses, but it's actually those places in scripture that we don't see all the time that give us some big insights. And I thought, you know, so many people struggle with God's timing. And as I was, you know, getting to know some of the stories of scripture, I realized so many of the people that we hear about in, in, in sermons and on Sunday morning, and we always hear the heroic parts of their lives, but we don't see those parts of their lives that they went through exactly what we go through. And so what this book is, it, it can be read devotionally, really. I think it's it's a book that's meant to be lived in, kind of the book that you read a little bit of in the morning. And um, there's some reflection questions. I've done a study with it if you're in a small group. But it kind of gives you that encouragement and the insights of what God might be doing in the seasons that you have no idea where you're living the darkness or something devastating happened and you just do not know what in the world is going on. And I am super excited about this book because I think it's um, just very encouraging. Awesome. I know I'm excited for our audience to get our hands on it or for them to get their hands on it. But you'd kind of mentioned in your own life, and a, a lot of times we write from that place of experience and from that place of pain. So what were some of those things that happened in your life that kind of caused that, you know, trajectory of your writing and your life to kind of pivot? Well, what happened was I was single a lot longer than I wanted to be. Now, I wasn't the ring by spring gal. Okay. I, okay, you know, yeah. A lot of people at UCLA was like, I'm, I'm going for the MRS degree. That wasn't me. I just... I thought about 25 is when I'd like to get married. And I always like to joke. I don't know if you've ever given God, you know, an agenda, but I'd love to hear how that's going for you because he doesn't ever seem to go on my agenda. But so 25 came and went. And when I hit 30, I began to pray a little bit louder and harder and I was speaking. So I had other people praying. And then honestly, Stephen, when I hit 40 and I was still single, I I began to suspect that God was deaf, like he was not hearing me. And that was kind of the beginning of my crisis. But then finally, after so many broken relationships, man, I could write a book just on that. But I finally got engaged at 42. And I have to tell you, it was just this incredible excitement in my home. My mom finally had the bridal shower she's always been dreaming of. And I got my wedding dress and my bridesmaids dresses. And then just a couple of months short of my wedding, my fiance got deployed. He was a Marine Corps reservist and he was going to be gone nine months. And I thought, well, I've waited this long. I, you know, I can wait longer. And so he went away and unbeknownst to me in the course of his deployment, his ex-wife who had actually left him uh, began to have second thoughts. I think I made him more appealing to her. And she, I think, was writing him because he came home and we ended up breaking up and he remarried his ex-wife, which wow. I always say is a, it's a great story when you're not the girl engaged to the guy. <laughs> so for me, um, I, you know, what's, what was really a struggle for me is that my own parents got divorced. And I think if two people can find their way back to each other, it is a beautiful story and especially for the kids, but I couldn't believe that God would essentially use me as the catalyst to bring them 
together when it was the deepest desire of my heart to be married. It felt cruel to me, honestly. Um, I did have people say, well, isn't it great that God used you to bring them back together? <laughs> and I always like to say, and then I say back, you know, it's fabulous. I hope you have the same opportunity someday. You know, yeah. <laughs> we say we say the darndest things to each other, but as Christians, but anyway, so here I am now with piles of shower gifts, a wedding dress, um, just devastated. And I was a speaker at the time. So my job was to bring the hope of God into the room. You know, I was a speaker and I just remember going through that faith crisis where I'm like, is this where we start faking it, Lord? You know, what does this mean? I mean, if I share my story, people are going to walk away from you. And I really, really heard God say in the deepest parts of my heart, don't worry about me, little girl. You don't have to defend me. I'm God. You know, like, I don't know you're in this situation. And so it, almost in a dare, you know, I thought, okay, well, I am going to tell my story. And I did, even before there was any kind of happy ending. And I developed what I call, and I'd love to pass this on to your listeners, the middle of the story theology, which I think so often when we're going through a tough time, we feel like this is it. It's over. This is where it all ends. And we're in fact in the middle of the story. And story after story in scripture are people that probably thought this was it. And they were just on the brink of something that happened in their life. So I always say, if you got up this morning and you're still breathing, God is not through with your story, no matter how old you are. We just feel like, well, that passed me up. You know, my time is gone. Maybe some listeners right now are thinking, you know, I had that one relationship. That was probably my only chance. It's never going to happen again. We start telling ourselves things on the basis of what we know, but what we don't know is what's ahead. But the power of my testimony at that time when I got to the end, you know, and said, and then, you know, he remarried his ex-wife and I could just see the audience just looking at me with this look of horror, <laughs> really. And I, I said, but you know, and I, I, you know, this was the Holy Spirit. I said, you know, God's not through with my story. I don't know if I'll ever get married, but I got up this morning and I'm still moving forward and I don't know what he has, but I'm choosing to hold on to him, even in the midst of the darkness. And that became the most powerful time of my testimony, because I think that's where people live. I mean, if you've noticed, it's when you're going through a hard time that people wonder about your relationship with God, not when you're going through a great time, you know, hey, everything's awesome and I'm following Jesus. Well, good for you, you know, but when things are not going great in your life and you're still holding on to God, then people know it's real in your life. And that's why I think we need more middle of the story testimonies. And so anyway, that was, you know, where that ended. And then lo and behold, um, I, I got this call out of the blue four months later from a friend in Santa Barbara who had planted this church and they were praying about this new position and my name came up and um, and, I, and so the timing was too weird. And, and I always tell people, you know, sometimes you're so focused on the door that you want to open. And for me, it was marriage that we miss the doors that are opening. And one door can lead to another door that leads to another door that might actually lead to the door you want, but it's just a different route. And that's why it's so important to pay attention to what God is doing in your life. And so 
I got up to Santa Barbara, which everybody said there's no single people in Santa Barbara. It's the only place there's, there's no one single. And actually, that's kind of true. There's not very many single people. But lo and behold, um, there was a guy. And what's ironic is that his wife had left him. Um, but, uh, you know, so when we first met and he was just incredible, I, I mean, it was, as you can imagine, I was like, you know, make sure, make sure she's done. <laughs> make sure. So he went back to her three times, even though she had left him. And, um, and we started as friends. He, he's just this incredible guy. I wish I could show you, maybe you can put in the show notes a, a photo. I'll, I'll give Absolutely, that to you, but yeah. just that, I mean, literally could not believe that God delivered this man at the age of 49. And he came packaged with a six-year-old um, whose mom moved to Australia. So I got an opportunity to be a mom and a wife way later than you would ever think you'd have an opportunity to do that. And God just wasn't on my timeline and he had everything. And I always say when he's working like that, it's because he has a lot of other people in mind. And certainly that was true for me because my testimony would have been so different Um if I got married when I thought I would get married and it's, it's definitely been used by God to touch many, many people, including just the people in my own family. Um, because of course my stepson's uh, life has changed, you know, my husband, our, our family, God's done miracles of redemption through it all. And so I can see how he used exactly my story in so many different ways. That, that is, was a long answer, Stephen. <laughs> no, that is so powerful. I I love that that our listeners get that chunk of your your story because I think it is that's so powerful. The middle, and I'm sure when you met your now husband, you're like, God, please don't let my ministry be reconciling husbands to their ex wives. Exactly. Like, that's exactly. This isn't a pattern, God. is it, God? Yeah. I know. I was like, Lord, I cannot do this again. My heart cannot take it. Literally. And, uh, and so he, you know, I mean, it, we were, we got together in the most beautiful way and, um, he ended up proposing in Haiti on a mission trip. I mean, honestly, you couldn't have written a more incredible story than the one that I got to live. Although I will say that when I share with college students, you know, and I got married to this beautiful man and at 49, you can see the girls go to prayer. No, God, please. <laughs> 49. <laughs> I mean, it does, if someone had told me that in college, I would have fainted, I think. But that's the thing about God is you never know what's coming next. And uh, I had an incredible single life all that time. I, As much as I wanted to be married, I lived my life and I got to do a lot of things that I wouldn't have gotten to do had I been married. So yeah, that's that's incredible. We just had um, Hannah Schirmerhorn who wrote a book on singleness and she had an engagement called off uh, at the end of college and she kind of shared her story as well. And and we talked about the fact that when, when we view marriage as the destination, like when marriage is kind of like the milestone that we all want to get to, we're, we're setting ourselves to be let down because that isn't how God views marriage. It's not the destination and this peak existence for, for the life, like following him and trusting him is regardless of what comes along the way. But that middle of the story testimony is so powerful. And even just the idea of our life being a story. And when we can realize that our life is part of a bigger story, um, 
that's really powerful. And you kind of alluded to that of, of how your story has impacted so many others, but what would you say to that of the idea of our story is our story and that's important, but it really is attached. And it's just a small part of this greater picture that God is painting in the world right now. Well, a couple things you said I want to respond to. I think that's absolutely true about marriage. I mean, if anyone was going to think marriage was the end all, it was me because it eluded me for so long. But what God was doing through all the breakups that I went through was actually helping me stand on my own two feet so that I would bring my full self into marriage, which is the ideal way to get married. Because I think the whole Jerry Maguire old movie, you know, you complete me going into marriage that way is, is just a setup for disappointment because your spouse will never fill that hole that you feel inside. And sometimes when something eludes you, you feel even more that it will like, Oh, if I just have that life will be so happy. And I have about the greatest marriage you could have, but he is a human being and I'm a human being and we're both imperfect. And what I've discovered about marriage is it's actually a place where you become better because your spouse sharpens you so much. You become so aware of your own issues and what you need to work on. And, uh, and that's really what marriage is. It's a relationship that makes you better, um, it, ideally, if it's a good marriage. But I'll tell you what, it's a thousand times better to be single than to be in a marriage that's bad. And so many people settle because they're so afraid to be alone. And ultimately, that's how all of us are in front of God. So but um, to your point about the being part of a bigger story, this is a huge theme in my book, Faith, Doubt, and God's Mysterious Timing, because I think so many of these people that you read about in this book realized, not even in their lifetime, but we realize about them what part of a story they were playing. And for instance, you know, I talk about Job because he's the one that I think everybody goes to when you suffer. And that's the story I opened the book with. God never told Job that the reason he was suffering was actually because he was so good. <laughs> you know, that was the right. the uh, discussion between he and Satan that Job never knows about. And so the whole thing of you suffer because God's mad at you or, you know, punishing you or forgetting you. No, here was the man that God holds up as exemplary and he suffers so much but God never tells him why he just shows him the world. And at the end of the book, he gives him a world tour and kind of, he gets this chance to be awed by creation, which if you've ever stood at an ocean or looked up at the stars or just felt this feeling like, wow, you know, there's such a much bigger story than me. And I think Job realized he didn't have any idea what his story would mean in the bigger picture. And now we look back on his story and you think about how many people have been ministered to by Job's story of pain and crying out to God. And, you know, it just blows me away what he didn't know about his story. And I think that's true across the board, you know, Paul in prison going, gosh, I wish I could be out visiting churches. Why do I spend so much time in jail writing letters, man? That's all I can do is write letters. And now the Bibles we hold are the letters Paul wrote because he was where he didn't want to be. And right. you just think, and how much, how many more people he reached because he was in jail. That's the part that he could not have possibly known. And so 
over and over again, you see in scripture, these examples that we're living this life that is impacting other people, that because our life here on earth is just part of a much bigger timeline, an eternal timeline, then that sort of gives us courage to live our life, whatever it is, because you are living a life that nobody else on this earth is going to live. You're the only one who can live it. And you don't know how many days you have, years you have, and all the things you're going to go through, but the way you live is impacting more people than you can even imagine. And so for me, you know, I never, I always say to people, you know, there was never a time that I prayed, Lord, I just hope I can be a second wife someday and raise a child that's has another mom, you know, I mean, nobody prays those things, but I see now how God has used that, not just in my stepson's life and in my husband's life, but in all these lives that they will touch, you know, my coming into his situation, you know, is going to have an impact. I ended up writing a book on step parenting and that already has um, affected step parents and that affects their kids and the way they go into their step parenting as a call. And so everything you're doing, even if you don't want to be there is probably being used in a way that you can't even see. Wow. And a lot of our audience, a lot of young adults today, they they may not be able to relate with the length and like your whole storyline, but I think the thing that we can all relate to is unanswered prayers and totally. God's God's timing, kind of that question you pose in your book of what in the world are you doing, God? And um, how would you speak to to that young adult that uh, is maybe in that place of whether it's their career or whether it's yeah. you know so many today families are are kind of evaporating as we're transitioning into this like pivotal point in our life. And it's like most common time parents are getting divorced and all these things that there's so many questions. There's so many prayers that seem to be, you know, not hitting God's mailbox, you know, uh, to speak it that way, but what advice or what, what encouragement do you give to that, that young adult? Well, again, there's so much in the book that I won't be able to touch that I hope um, people will go to later, but Maybe just one insight that has dawned on me as I was writing the book and thinking about life is that time changes the story. And I'll give you an example because the very thing you just said happened to me. My parents divorced right when I went off to college. And then five years later, my dad met and married someone who's three years older than me. So now I have a stepmom she's 25, I'm 22, my dad's 45. And it was what I considered to be the worst day of my life. It was actually my five-year college reunion. It was like the first one. And I just remember how I felt that day. Just, it, it can't get any worse than this. And I will tell you now, Stephen, that what I thought was the worst thing in my life has turned out to be the greatest blessing. Because all these years later, my stepmom has been married to my dad for almost 40 years now, like 38 years. He is now at mid 80s. She's mid 60s. And she is the most devoted caregiver you would ever imagine. She has been so with my dad. And as a child of an aging parent, um, and that's a stage that maybe you guys will eventually get to, you cannot even imagine the peace you get knowing that 
your parent is being cared for like that. And so there you have an example of time changes the story. So you might be in a story right now. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know why um, this career is eluding me. This person is eluding me. I feel like I'm not where I want to be. Whatever, whatever season you might be struggling with is part of a bigger story. And you're right now in the middle of it. And I think somebody in scripture who shows us that anything can happen at any time is Joseph in the Old Testament, because his route was so crazy getting to where he was going, you know, from prison to the palace and slavery before that, that you just could never, if you were looking at his life at the time, you would never have said what was going to happen to him. And I think that, I hope that's encouraged, encouraging to people that you might be just days away from a life change. I know when I was sitting in my apartment in Orange County after experiencing a broken engagement, could barely get out of bed. And then I get this call from Santa Barbara and end up moving to Santa Barbara. And I just think back to that. And I'm like, what if I had never gone? What if I'd married that guy? Because the man I ended up with was so much more right for me than the one I was engaged to. But I just had no idea that those things existed and you don't know what's ahead. And so I hope that this book helps people hold on in the middle when they are just tired of waiting. That's, oh, that's so good. I think um, just some of these things that you're sharing, regardless of what we've experienced, I think so much of it too, is learning from people that have walked through other things. And, and I know it's so much of storing those things and, and letting God kind of teach you on the front end sometimes too. And we're all going to face unanswered prayers. We're all going to face those discouragements. And those are the things the enemy likes to use to kind of rob us, to steal us away. But just that confidence of God's timing, his mysterious timing, uh, there's so much more to it. That is so powerful. I know there's a quote in your book that really stuck out and you've already been talking about it, but never underestimate what God can do through circumstances you never would have guessed. And you've shared a number of those. Um, and, and I was actually going to mention the story of Joseph, you know, the, when Joseph is sold into slavery, all those things that take place. And then he has the opportunity to save his family. And uh, those circumstances, I, I think that's something our audience can take away today is there is probably some sort of circumstance right now that is less than ideal, whether it's a season of singleness that's gone on longer than expected or a job that thought was going to be perfect that you want to leave tomorrow, you know, and all those things, but the circumstances God uses in the most mysterious of ways. Absolutely. And, you know, the uh, kind of on top of that, the pain that you experience in your life, you know, I love reading those parts of Joseph's story, even late in life when he could see everything that God had done and why it happened the way it did. He still wept when he saw his brothers. That pain that he went through existed with the kind of solace that, oh, all these things happen for a reason. And it's, you know, pain is the gift that nobody asks for, but it's honestly probably the most powerful ministry we will ever have. Because if you think about it, it's what you've been through that people get um, 
ministered to by those seasons in your life. So for me, it's singleness or not being able to have a child and and being a step parent and all the things that have been challenging for me are the very things that God has used most powerfully. And so probably, you know, if you think back on your pain, as much as we never pray for pain, pain, you know, I've never said, God, please let me suffer so I can minister to other people. Never. But I just see how God uses that. And that I think is a really surprising circumstance because we wouldn't choose it, but it is the thing that God uses the most. I think of the the proverb, you know, many are the plans in the man's heart, but the purpose yes. of God prevails. And that's so true. Your life is a purpose prevailing life. And I think that's what we all strive to have is that we come into life with a lot of plans. We come into that post-college season with a lot of plans, but it's his purpose that ultimately prevails and we can choose to live in that way. But what, what piece of advice This is the question I ask every one of our guests is what piece of advice would you give to your 22 year old self? If you were to bump into her, what would you be sharing with her? Just wait (laughs) for what's coming. I mean, I honestly, I think that I, as much as I would cry and, and there, there are days when you'll cry if, if the thing that you want is not happening or you go through a a terrible um, situation or circumstance in your life, it's not, I don't believe that God wants us to put on a smile and act like nothing's happening because you have to live that grief, but to recognize that you need to live your life whatever chapter you're in. And I have so many stories that I don't have time to tell um, of people and things that happened in my life because I was single, because I had the freedom to live um, without responsibility of raising kids. Because once you, once you get in that, that's going to be your life for 20 years. And so to remember that now is the time to be engaging in your life, you know, to not just focus on what you don't have, but to focus on what God is doing and the opportunities you do see, you know, at, at one point in my life, uh, it was late, mid to late thirties, almost to 40. And I was finished with being a youth pastor and moved back down to Orange County. And instead of volunteering in a youth group, I decided to spend once a week going to the inner city, because honestly, I was depressed about not being married. And I thought I need to go up to a place where people are in more pain than me because I am comfortable. I have three meals on the table. I live in the suburbs, you know, and I will tell you what, Stephen, that was, first of all, an incredible story came out of that, but it was such a healthy perspective shift Mm. for me to do that. And so Maybe you're in that season where you need to look around and say, what can I do right now to get me out of my own self (laughs) and start thinking about how I can be used um, for the greater good? And who knows what God has in that story for you? And um, so, I mean, if I could say this, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, you guys, because I am a worrier. I'm a controller. I'm all those things. And you will read those things in the book. But if you can try not to worry and to lean in to your life, wherever you are, whatever season you're in and live it, because this is your story and it's going to be over before you know it. It seems so long sometimes, but when you look back, you'll be like, where did the time go? And so 
my prayer for you is that you would just live the season you're in because God definitely has a purpose for it. Thank you so much, Lori. I know I want our audience to go out and get your book right away. So where can we get Faith, Doubt, and God's Mysterious Timing? Well, you know, everybody goes to Amazon. Of course, you can find it there, but really you can find it anywhere books are sold. So wherever you like to buy a book, um, go for it. And um, I would say that the book comes with a study, a video study, where I do just a little bit of teaching on video and that's on right now media. Maybe some of you are on that, um, but that's also available on my website. So that's a great, it's a great study to do if you're in a small group or you're with your friends or you want to do a book, but you can also do the book devotionally just yourself. So I just want to encourage you. It's kind of my love letter of encouragement to people that we can get so much out of the Bible, but sometimes we just don't know where to look and this will help you find those places. Awesome. Well, we will make sure to link all that in the show notes and in the description um, for people to find that. But thanks so much, Lori, for just taking some time with us. This is so encouraging, so helpful. Your story is so beautiful and you're just in the middle of it too. You know, God's going to continue to do some incredible things in and through you as well. So thanks for taking the time to be with us. Oh, it was my pleasure, Stephen. Thank you so much. And you can also connect with me on Instagram if you're on it, Lori P. Short. Um, I would love to hear from you. So if you've heard this and something's touched you, please uh, send a message. I would love it. Awesome. You heard her. Let's send that message. Um, Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you again next week.